Talk Radio 96.7, and we are ready to talk sports in the Ozone. The Ozone, tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone, give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. If you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Well, Florida Gators with a big win in basketball last night as they defeated the second-ranked Tennessee Volunteers in Gainesville. And this Saturday, the Gators are going to continue their tough road as they're going to go to Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. 8.30 tip, 8 o'clock pregame. And Wednesday, the Gators will go against the Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa, 9 o'clock tip, 8.30 pregame. You can hear those on WONN 107.1, 12.30 a.m. Coach Joe, big win for the Gators. That was. You know, the, uh, they didn't work out very well against Kansas State. They got beat pretty handily, although it turns out that the Big 12 pretty much beat up on the SEC that this past weekend. Even Alabama got smoked by Oklahoma in, in the, their matchup. I think it was 7-3 to three was the final tally in favor of the Big 12. The Big 12 is very strong this year. So that's not a mark against the Gators, who played bravely. Uh, but but clearly were outgunned in that game. So to come back in this game against Tennessee, which was a one one of the few SEC teams that did win their game, uh, was remarkable how well they played. Uh, they got off to a fast start, which is something they hadn't been doing, which helped a bunch. But the, their defense is getting better each game. It really is very, very strong defensively that the Gators play. Good team defense. They work hard. They work together, and they are defending the three-point shot. Tennessee had very little luck with the three-pointers. When you do that in this game, you have a chance against anybody, especially in the SEC. Uh, you know, Alabama is vulnerable. That one, uh, of the two games coming up, the Gators probably have a better shot at Kentucky, uh, the way that the Gators are playing right now. I would not be surprised if they won both, though. I think they will split at least. All right, you heard it here first. I understand that the Super Bowl may be coming up, but first, we had a guy named Tom Brady retire from the Buccaneers. Of course, he's he's more well-known with the Patriots, but Tom Brady, 10 Super Bowls he was in, won seven of them. I mean, there's franchises, a lot of franchises that haven't won that many Super Bowls. I mean, it's pretty amazing the career that this guy's had. Was he the all-time leading touchdown passer He's also the leading yardage passer in the NFL history. Uh, leading in pretty much every uh, statistical category that matters, you know, no doubt about it, including uh, including touchdown passes and yards. And even this past season, he led the league in attempts and completions. So it's not like he's slipping at age 45. You can see him slowing down a little bit, but he still has a lot of a lot of talent. He is he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the game, even at age 45. I think, though, that you could see that the grind is wearing on him a little bit. It seemed like he struggled uh, emotionally this, this past season. Uh, I was reading up on a chronology of what he's been going through since exactly a year ago when he retired for the first time. And I, it was a tough experience for him, and I think football helped him get through it. 
helped him get through all the difficulties in his life. I think I know not, no doubt yeah, about and, it. And uh, so, yeah, good luck to him. I think this one's going to stick though. Yeah, and uh, one of the guys that has been uh, identified with a possibility of being with the Bucks is Derek Carr, and at the skills competition out in Las Vegas, he hit several of the dummies and the targets and so forth. And Lots the of interviewer, <laughs> yeah, the interviewer asked him, said, uh, Derek, is that the hottest you've ever been here in Las Vegas? He said, yeah, it is. That's probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. When we come back, we're going to have John Ebling, the leading scorer of all time in Florida Southern College moccasin basketball history. Hey, this is Logan Blondell, former Lakeland Dreadnought and 2011 Girls Youth Village Champion. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O and Coach Joe warmed up, ready to go in the Ozone. The Ozone tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe here in the Ozone, and it's our distinct pleasure to have with us tonight John Ebling, who is the leading scorer in Florida Southern College moccasin history, led him to three straight NCAA Division II Final Fours and was NCAA Division II champion in 1981. Welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe, John. Hey, how you doing? How's everybody doing tonight? Man, we're doing fantastic here in Lakeland. Now, where are you? I'm in New Jersey. Actually, I'm up in Union, New Jersey, because my son had a basketball game up here playing in the Metro Classic, and and, uh, we're up here for today. But uh, normally, I'm in uh, Belmar or Tom's River, New Jersey. That's where we're staying. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I understand that uh, the 81 Moccasin champion team is going to have a reunion Next Wednesday night at the George Jenkins Fieldhouse, you'll be introduced when the mocks take on Rollins. Is that correct? That's correct. Can you believe that group of guys is still getting together? That's incredible. We've uh, remained friends for what has been now forty years. Oh my god! Uh, we even have we have we even have a, a a chat with everyone in it, and it's just amazing. Uh, Thanks to uh, thanks to our team manager back then, John Graham, who's done just a fantastic job of keeping everyone together, keeping one, everyone updated on what everyone else is doing. It's just a uh, just a group of guys. It's an incredible group of men that uh, came together at the right time. Well, I'm looking forward to having lunch with you guys, Ellis Hirsch, um, who got uh, who gave me your number through Florida Southern. Uh, said you guys are having lunch next Wednesday, and I'm planning to be there. I can't wait to see you guys and uh you know i'm old enough that i went to some of your games back then john was that the first year the three-point shot was introduced i uh, no, i don't believe we had the three-point shot okay. my whole time in uh college i don't believe we had uh i don't remember three-point shots no okay no, no. i think it might have been in division one maybe they didn't do it in yep. division two that early but boy you yeah, guys probably. man yeah. That March that you had in 1981, you had some close <laughs> games. You beat UCF that had Torchy Clark back then over there on their home court, 73-71. And then all the way out in Tacoma, Washington, you took on Puget Sound and beat them 56-55 and then beat Mount St. Mary's for in the finals. What do you remember about those games? I'll tell you what. I remember uh, Central Florida – well, we were we were down actually, I believe, uh, or 
was tied score. We were down. I don't remember. But uh, we had this home run play that uh, uh, Coach Whistle, before we ever went to the locker rooms after practice, would be practicing this home run play where they throw the ball out of bounds from under the uh, other team's basket, full court to me, and I would tap it to someone uh, who was open, and they would shoot it. That's if we only had like a second left or two seconds left or three seconds left. And, it, and we, I'll tell you what, he even would call us up. If he forgot to do the play during practice, he would call us back up out of the locker room. You'd have to put your clothes back on, get back upstairs, <laughs> and we'd run it. And he says, you, don't, you guys don't understand, but this is going to win us a ball game. And he was right. It won us a ball game. The Brian, I think it was Brian Radon threw the ball to me. I tapped the ball over to Mike Case, and uh, he shot it um, from the corner and kept right on running to the locker room. He knew it was good. Oh, my gosh. Well, how about the uh, Puget Sound game? What do you remember about that, the 56-55 I remember. Game? Yeah, I remember the Puget Sound game very well because we were down the whole game, I believe. And uh, and and uh, <laughs> it's funny because Mike Hayes turns to me. We're on the foul line. I think this is like five minutes left. And it was a it was a rough game. I mean, they were good. They had an All-American. I think his name was Leonard, uh, if I remember correctly. And he was a very good player. And they were a tough team. And uh, – they were battling us, and, and all of a sudden, Mike Hayes turns to, turns to me and says, we're on a foul line, and they're shooting foul shots. And we're like, John says, and Mike says, John, I think we need to start running these guys. And I started <laughs> looking at Mike like, Mike, I can hardly stand up. <laughs> but I know he was just playing mind games with the other team at the time. But I say, he was playing mind games with me. And I, I went with us again, yeah, Mike, we need to pick this up. You know, so uh, we start running these guys, you know, start pressing and running these guys. And we ended up pulling it off. I think we pulled ahead in the last minute and a half. I'm not sure. Don't go with it because I'm as old as dirt and I don't remember everything. But, you know, it's, uh, I know my cares are the big factor of that. And then uh, the Mount St. Mary's game, I played against uh, a couple guys I played with um, in the summer league in the Jersey Shore, you know. And, uh, and so I felt very, very good about that game. John, let uh, me ask you this. I, you, you One of the reasons you went to Florida Southern was – how whistle I read about what he said about you, and he said that you had an undeveloped offensive game uh, when you came yeah. there, and that he worked with you. You came like a week early, and he worked with you, and yet you ended up the all-time leading scorer. What was it he did with you that developed you well, into a scorer? Well, he's actually um, Joe. Uh, I think his name is Coach Bell. Joe Bell. I think it's Joe. I can't remember clearly. But uh, he was up in New Jersey, and he actually saw me play one day out of out of rarity. And uh, and he called up Coach, Coach Wilson and said, Coach, you need to come up here and see this guy. And what the coach called me was, you know, diamond in the rough. And and I had a lot of Division One schools that I had the possibility of going to, but he convinced me that I needed to work on my basketball game. If not, I was going to go. And they were always telling me, do you want to be a big fish in a little pond or a little fish in a big t- pond? And I said, I don't want to sit on the bench, so I want to play. So he said, you come down to me, and we're going to develop your game. But Coach would work on me individually, and his assistant coach, Wes Aldridge, was very, very good, very good. And um, they would work on me day in and day, you know, day out and uh, tell me what I needed to do. And, uh, and I'll tell you a little story. That, uh, strangely enough, there was one, my uh, junior, the year we won the national championship, I believe it was, 
I came back to school and coach saw me the first practice and says, you didn't work on your game this summer. You look terrible. <laughs> and, I, and I said, what do you mean? I, didn't work on? I lived the weights all summer. I'm working my front house. He said, no, you look terrible. And I got so upset. I went downstairs. I said, I'm not, I can't believe this. I worked all summer. Now he's telling me, you know, I didn't work. Instead, he was just trying to push me to the maximum that I could possibly be. And that was coach. Coach was after me every day. He was after everyone every day. It was a, uh, it was incredible how much he knew what you needed to do to win. And I'll tell you what, having Coach Whistle taught me a lot of things in life. I don't give up. And that's what Coach Whistle taught us that. You don't give up. So it was incredible. We're talking tonight with John Ebling, the uh, 1981 Florida Southern Division II National Champions that she, that she led. He was also the 1982 NCAA Division II Player of the Year, 682-1430, 682-1430. We're hearing about the great tales of Florida Southern back then, a great team, a great player. Uh, you have set the school records, uh, John, 2,514 points, 1,362 rebounds. But it, it was a, in the early 80s, it was a different game before the three-point shot. Did, were you guys coached, get it down low to John, get it down low to John, and uh, as opposed to now maybe where you work in and out? It was about working out to in, I guess, right? Yeah, and, I, and I've said this time and time and again, there have been better players than me that played at Florida Southern College uh, since I've been there. Um, there uh, I, would, I was in a fortunate situation, and no one's going to tell me. They say, oh, you're a great player and all that. I'm not buying that. I, I, I've developed into a lot better player after I went overseas than I was at Florida Southern College. But at Florida Southern, I was the go-to guy, and I, can, I have to thank everyone that was on that team along with the coach, that they permitted me to be the, full, the go-to guy. Every game I know, I was getting 18 shots a game. I was getting the ball given in to me. I was getting 15, 18 shots a game, and I just had to put it in the basket. You know, that, that, okay, everyone said, okay, you got to put it in the basket. But when you're the go-to guy every night, and everyone, everyone on that team permits you to be the go-to guy without ever causing any problems, it's an advantage. That you, you know, if you take advantage of it, you're going to be an All-American. You're going to get all the limelight. But that team was a team effort. It was not a John Ebling effort. It was a team effort. And uh, and my whole career is because I ended up, like my mother used to tell me, you were lucky because a group of guys like that comes along once in a lifetime. And you were lucky. You made the right choice and were the right group of people. I mean, Brian Ray could have scored 20 points a game. Mark King could have scored 20 points a game. You had guys on that team that could score. Bob, Bob Zipko played very few minutes, but in practice he would really bust on you. And he was just like Chris Dickey and Cesar Odio would knock the heck out of me every day. They Everything came together at the right place, right time. I just happened to get a lot of credit for it, which is not right. Well, besides getting credit for it, uh, you ended up uh, going overseas. You started to mention that uh, after college. Now, we know what it's like overseas now. It's very, very lucrative opportunities uh, for young basketball players. But what about back in 82, uh, 83? No, it was not a lucrative thing. Uh, a matter of fact, strange enough, I'll tell you how God intervenes in your life every time because uh, I, if I did not, I got drafted by the Pistons, um, and I think Mark King got drafted that year too. But I got drafted, but I got drafted not because of what I did at Florida Southern College, I think, because I got drafted because I played against Kelly Chapuke in the summer league in New Jersey, and he was <laughs> on the uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, and, and I and I played very well against him. And when it was time for them to pick somebody, they, they ended up choosing me because, you know, I knew Kelly and that was it. So, and then, but 
uh, when I went, I didn't go to camp because uh, in that same game that I played well against Kelly, there was also an Italian team watching me. And after the game, they offered me a contract. So I signed and I went overseas. I didn't even go to camp, you know, um, with the Pistons. And I, back then, it was not lucrative. It was a very tough time. There were no cell phones. There were no, uh, you know, chats or anything like that or Twitter or anything like that. So it was a tough time. I had to walk down to the corner and call my parents using uh, coins every time. They call me just Tony. Coins every time. and keep pumping them into the phone when uh, if I called home and I got my little <laughs> sister on the phone, I'd say, I'd say, is mom is mom there? Yeah, I'll go say. And then I hear her going and playing somewhere. And she didn't go get my mother. And, and I'm pumping coins into this thing. It's just going, yeah. And, uh, well, I'll tell you, I can tell you another funny story. I would do that like every three days I would call my mom. And, uh, and one time I'm calling my mom and this woman comes up to the phone booth and, uh, God bless her. She's knocking on the, on the window. She said, you got to get out of there. And she's speaking in time. I don't know what she's saying. <laughs> and I said, you got to get out of there. I said, I'm talking to my mother. Yeah, I'm going to have to wait about 15 minutes. And she says, no, you got to get off the phone. I said, why? What's the problem? And she says, this is my office phone. And unfortunately, the woman was a prostitute. Every day, you're taking up my clients that are trying to call me. Oh, <laughs> man. You, 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 didn't, you didn't have enough coins for that phone. <laughs> I, uh, no, no, no. I, I changed phones. I said, well, can I use that one over there? She said, that one over there is fine. Just don't use this one. Oh, I said, my okay. gosh. <laughs> John, John, one of the things that uh, I was reading up on is that Florida Southern has had great athletic programs across the board. And in 81, you guys won the Triple Crown. You were national champions in basketball, baseball, and the men's golf team all in one year. That's incredible. That's just incredible. That, that just shows what type, what type of school Florida Southern is and also the administration that chooses the coaches and uh, how the schools run. If you go visit Florida Southern, I, I find it hard to believe you won't want to go there because it's just a beautiful school. I think it was voted prettiest school in the United States or the second next to Princeton or something like that. It's just a great, great – I'm very proud. You know, some people, you know, maybe after college they, they don't mention the school. I'm a very proud alumni – of uh, Florida Southern College. Very proud of the school. Well, you know, so that, I'm, what, I'm proud you, for what they stand for, and I'm proud of the organization and, and everything they have going for them. I'm just, uh, you know, it's well, not usual, but I, that's the way I am. What uh, you just said has been duplicated so many times. I've heard that so many times. Um, a guy named Ed Kirshner, who was the yes. captain of the teams. I don't know if you ever met Ed. Um, he was captain of the team back in, like, 1957, and he was mm-hmm. had a scholarship offer from the University of Miami. He was headed down yeah. there, and Tom Green, who was the coach at Florida Southern at the time, he was from yeah. um, uh, Ed was from Indiana, and he yeah. he kept after him, kept after him. He said, "Listen, just stop by Lakeland, just stop by here. I, I want you to see the campus." He fell in love with it. He never went to Miami, and he oh. was the leading scorer one year at Florida Southern, and then he went on to be the winningest high school basketball coach in the history of Florida high school basketball. Wow. So same story that you just told us was repeated by him too. Well, I, when I went down to visit Florida Southern, um, besides being a beautiful campus, I was very lucky to 
to run into Marshall Lester and Drew Tucker showed me around. And Marshall Lester is a class act. And when I got done talking to Marshall Lester, I I told Coach Lester, I'll come here only if I could wear number 31. And that's what Marshall Lester wore. I said, because that guy is a class act. And then I didn't know any of the history because I'm learning more of the history every time um, they post something on the Internet about it. I didn't know John Edwards had gotten 20 rebounds when he was a freshman. I mean, that's just an incredible, incredible feat. I mean, you're t- there's just there's talented players that came out of there that are incredible players. And they, and they built this, you know, they built this program. We got, I don't want to say we got lucky, but we did get a little lucky. And Mike Hayes misses a shot from the corner. If Mike Hayes misses a shot from the corner, we don't go to Puget Sound. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you got to have a little bit of luck, too. Um, but it's yes, like they so. say, luck is where opportunity meets preparation. John, we got that's, about 30 seconds fair. left. I'd like to hear you talk about the education that you got at Florida Southern College. Fantastic. I I, I had uh, counselors that were always, uh, I'm not going to say on top of me, but cared about me. And uh, matter of fact, I did not graduate in 82 with the rest of my class. I went over and played overseas. And after uh, five years of playing overseas, I came back. Uh, no, I'm sorry, seven years of playing overseas. I came back, and in 89, I graduated from Florida Southern College. I don't think a lot of people know that. Wow, I came back awesome. and got my degree. That is yeah, awesome. I came back, I came back and got my degree and uh, because my mother kept telling me, you promised me you are going to get your degree. <laughs> so I'm going back to school. All right. Going back to school. John, thank you so much for your time. If you'll hang on the line, we want to get you to do a show promo. And I look forward to meeting you in person next Wednesday. I'm also looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Good luck with the program. Great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you, John. The great John Ebler. Yeah. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7. It's Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. Earlier this week, Ronnie O and Coach Joe caught up with Bill Hodges. And here's how this interview sounded. It's our distinct pleasure to have with us Bill Hodges. You might remember that name. Bill was the coach at Indiana State back in 1979. Coached a guy named Larry Joe Bird, also known as Larry Legend. Also recruited Larry Bird to Indiana State. Coach, what do you remember about recruiting Larry Bird? It was hard to find him, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We had to scour the city. Uh, If you want to call French Lick a city, uh, (laughs) French Lick and West Baden are the only thing to separate them. Uh, or the railroad tracks. They're like twin towns, and I think uh, uh, combined they might have 3,000 population. Oh, my gosh. Now, I'd heard that he was riding the back of a garbage truck for the city when you found him. Is that true? Well, uh, he, you know, actually uh, he was carrying a, a basket of clothes out of the laundromat for his grandmother oh my gosh my goodness but, uh, uh, he worked for the city and uh, you know I asked him what he was doing he was working for the city and uh, he said on Monday they would do like paint the curbs and Tuesday they'd clean the parks on Thursday they picked up garbage <laughs> you know he was on the garbage truck and I said, did you drive? He said, oh, no. He said, Sam drove. He said, I was on the back. (laughs) 
So that's where they get the garbage truck story. He did actually work on the garbage truck for the city. My goodness. Well, he, he kind of advanced from there, didn't he? <laughs> he makes a little more now than he. I think he was making two fifty an hour at the time. Uh, well, Coach, um, people may remember that the highest rated television rating ever for a college basketball game was that 1979 Indiana State-Michigan State game. You go in there, you're undefeated, you're ranked number one in the country, and you're playing a team as Magic Johnson. And people forget that Greg Keltzer was a big part of that team. But you also had Carl Nix on your team playing guard for you. Um, Talk a little bit about your team and how you matched up with that Michigan State team. Well, the big thing, uh, see, everybody thinks about magic, but actually Greg Kelser was player of the year in the Big Ten that year. And uh, he was uh, he gave us more matchup problems than, than uh, Johnson did. Uh, you know, Johnson's a perimeter player, but Kelser, he just jumped. He can put his elbows on the rim, and, and at 6'7", he was a great athlete. Uh, so that was uh, both of those guys were were good, and actually, uh, uh, when the, when the game was close and they they started holding the ball, they had a, a little guard who shot thirty seven percent for the year, and he had five jump shots in a row uh, when we were trapping, and and uh, his name uh, Terry Donnelly, Terry Donnelly, and uh, he just. Killed us, you know. I mean, we we were trying to make a comeback there, and and uh, he stopped that right short. Well, you know, the, the, that season, of course, you wanted to win it all, but you had some big wins that year. You'd beaten Purdue, Butler, Virginia Tech, Oklahoma, Ark, and on the way to the Final Four in the championship game, you beat a great Arkansas team by two and DePaul by two. What do you remember about those games? Well, the Arkansas game. Uh, uh, was tied and they had the ball and uh, uh, U.S. Reed tripped over Carl's foot and uh, uh, they called it, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he lost the ball out of bounds and and uh, they gave the ball to us. And of course, Eddie swore that Carl fouled him. But, uh, <laughs> uh, the film shows a different story. And uh, uh, we had the ball with 18 seconds. And I called a timeout, and you know I said, "Well, we set up a play to go to Larry." But I told the guys, I said, "Now look, they're going to double or triple team Larry. If they do, then reverse the ball and get it to the other side of the floor, and the guy with the best shot, you know, the first open shot, you take the shot." Because we had all of our offensive players on the floor, and uh, you know we. Uh, we had two kids that weren't real good offensively, but they were great defensive players, and they played most of the time. But uh, we reversed the ball. Steve Reed started to take a jump shot, and he passed it to uh, Bobby Heaton, and Bobby hit a little jump hook shot down, uh, and uh, time ran out as the ball went through the net. Oh, my gosh. Now, did they have to put the uh, EMT's paddles on you to revive you? <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> I was young then. <laughs> Today I wouldn't survive it, but uh, back then, uh, you know, I was a young. I was only like thirty-six years old. You know? Well, so, what had happened uh, was you were an assistant, 
And Bob King, who was the head coach, had had a heart attack, and that's how you were elevated to head coach, correct? Well, actually, Bob had the heart attack, and he was coming back. And, uh, you know, we thought he was going to be there in time to, uh, to start the, uh, uh, the year, October 15th. And uh, he had a brain aneurysm. And uh, back then, uh, uh, that was uh, really a serious surgery. And he had to go undergo surgery, and and although he lived and and uh, prospered after that, he lost his short-term memory, and uh, uh, he couldn't come back to coaching. But uh, uh, we stayed really close over the years. Uh, he's passed away, of course, by now, but uh, uh, he was a great mentor, and I expected him to come back before the year was over, but he just couldn't make it. Oh, my gosh. Coach, one of the things that was legendary about Larry Bird was the fact that he was such a trash talker in the NBA. He would come out to the three-point shooting thing and say, all right, which one of you guys is going to finish second tonight? Did he trash talk (laughs) in college? No, Uh, except for the day before the game. uh, Every time uh, uh, practice uh, the day before the game, we had my assistant was Mel Daniels, who had been a uh, two or three time MVP in the ABA. Yes, I remember him. Uh, he, he was a, a six ten center in the NBA for Indiana, and uh, Mel would dress out, and and he would practice against the guys uh, the day before the game. We had always run defense and, and defensive conversion uh, drills, and and uh, uh, he taught Larry. You know, they trash talked each other during that period of time, and that's where Larry learned that. <laughs> <laughs> he learned he learned how to play defense in in the NBA from Mel, and he learned how to talk trash. <laughs> well, Coach, did you know he would be as good in the NBA as he was? I thought he would. Uh, you know, Dave Cowens, who was coaching the Celtics, came to Indiana State, and and uh, he watched film. From Larry's junior year and in the senior year, he watched film all day long. You were talking about Dave Cowens coming down and watching film on Larry Bird. The Celtics actually drafted Larry in his junior year, and he chose to come back. Is that correct? Yes, uh, they they chose they they drafted him. I think with the sixth uh, overall pick, and uh, they had his rights until the next draft. And uh, so they came to, you know, uh, Larry, he chose to come back to school. And uh, uh, Cowens, who was coaching the Celtics, uh, came uh, to see him play. And uh, I forget who we were playing, but I put him in the film room uh, the day of the game, and he watched film all day. And uh, he came out uh, when I came to practice uh, just a little before practice, and he said, Coach, Offensively, this kid is really good. He said, but defensively, I I don't think he can play in the NBA. He'll have a hard time, and and I don't think he can rebound in the NBA. And I said, Dave, don't put him on the quickest guy you're guarding, but uh, he'll be your best team defender, and uh, uh, he'll rebound. I I promise you, he'll rebound in in any uh, situation. And, uh, of course, I, I was proven right. The first three or four years before they made the new rule of you have to be within six feet of your man, 
he was on the all defensive team for two or three years, uh, his first two or three years in the NBA. And uh, of course we know he, he, uh, he wasn't the leading rebounder on the team, but he got his share of rebounds. Oh, he certainly did. He seemed to have a sixth sense of back basketball acumen that not everybody had. Uh, I think if you said in terms of his athletic ability, he might've been like a five out of 10, but when you put that basketball acumen with it, he used every bit of ability he had. Is that a fair assessment? I think excellent assessment. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bob McDavid. Uh, uh, Bob was our uh, kinesiology teacher, and he devised the uh, uh, the combine for the football team. Right. Uh, and he also uh, invented the knee brace, the McDavid knee brace that you see so many pro players wear. And he had he was the first one that started measuring things, and he measured Larry. In uh, athletic, uh, uh, you know, jumping and, and that kind of thing, he was way down the list. But he said he is in the top 2% of anticipation. Wow. He anticipated uh, something and, and acted on it quicker than anybody. My goodness. And that's, uh, so you're, you're right. Uh, uh, he just knew where the ball was coming off. He, he could did. anticipate where it was going to be, and, and he was there. Coach, um, we're almost out of time. You are still coaching basketball. Where are you now? <laughs> I'm at LaBelle High School in LaBelle, Florida. My buddy down here talked me into taking this team. Uh, they were 3-18 and last year, and he had been – his, his uh, son played for me at Georgia College, and he passed away uh, four years ago, and, and I couldn't say no to Tom and – and uh, so I told him I would coach uh, for him. And uh, these kids have—they—they've really—they've done well. Uh, <laughs> we we won our fourteenth game last night. We're fourteen six. Wow! And uh, getting ready to play in the district. Well, we certainly wish you luck there, Coach. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for calling. This is Crawford Kerr, former Gator former Dallas Cowboy and founder of the Wing House. And you are listening to Ronnie Ocean on the Ozone. Ronnie O, Coach Joe. Yeah, we got both of them in the Ozone tonight. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. On this date in 1970, Pete Maravich became the first collegiate basketball player to score 3,000 career points. Now, I know right now you're saying, okay, well, I'm, that's fine, but I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. Okay, we're going to take care of that. I know right now you want that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. You know they're located at 5650 South Florida Avenue. You know they have 40 strategically located television sets. So if you haven't won in the last six months, give us a call at 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Here's what we want to know. Where did Pete Maravich play his college basketball? Was it A, University of Florida, B, the University of Miami, or C, Louisiana State University? 682-1430. Pete Maravich, floppy hair, floppy socks. He scored a lot of points, averaged 44.2 points a year 
he could only play three years because his freshmen were ineligible back then. But I remember he scored 69 points against Alabama in a game with no three-point shot back in the day. That's pretty amazing, Coach Joe. Oh, wow. Was he a wizard with, with, with basketball? Oh, he was. That, something? It, it, that reminded me, uh, you know, another uh, somebody from around here who was a wizard with the basketball and the basketball handling was uh, Jason Williams, and he was yes. at that uh, Gators game the, the other night. Oh, he they, was? They actually showed White it. chocolate. Yeah, yeah, they actually showed him there in the stands. Yeah, he looks pretty good, you know, considering it's been uh, he was there in the late 90s. His daughter's like, quite a player from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved watching him play, not only with the Gators, but, of course, he was a, an important part of the 06 Heat team, the first time the Heat won the, Nash, uh, the NBA title with Shaq and, uh, and with Wade. Uh, well, yeah, he was a big part of that. I think his One of my daughter players. is is accepted a scholarship to play softball at the University of Florida, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think she's one of the best pitchers in the country. I'll have to look that up. But getting, getting close to those spring sports, watch the Gator women shine. Already their gymnastics team is, is oh, on yeah. tear. They're, they've been on TV a number of times, and Trinity Thomas is spectacular. They have a lot to look forward to this time of year. And so with so much on TV, Ronnie, Going to the alehouse is a great way to keep track of everything. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You know, they have drink and meal specials every night of the week. So you can make that $30 go a long way. Oh, unless, God. of course, you take Eric with you and then you won't <laughs> get anything it, to eat. <laughs> hey, knock it off, guys. Knock it off. You get to watch all those TVs and watch Eric eat. When you yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, the games last a lot longer than it takes for Eric to eat. The man's like a steam shovel. You know, he, he's unbelievable. You know, every night I come in here on Thursday night, and he's got some seven-course meal, and I just know he's going to invite <laughs> me to eat with him. But no, never. <laughs> yeah. I want all the food for me. <laughs> you know, and you're the manager over at the alehouse, so Ore, he says, you gotta let me know when Eric's coming. i gotta, I got to, you know, <laughs> increase the staff in the kitchen and, yeah. and buy more supplies. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> The number is 682-1430, 682-1430. All you got to do is tell us where Pete Maravich played his college basketball. He played for his dad. It's the same college that Shaquille O'Neal went to, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy there in football, and so that's all you got to know. I mean, how easy is that? Leonard Fournette went there for sure did. Bucks fans. <laughs> you sure know, did. We, we could we could name a bunch of a bunch of great players from this particular university. You know, where... I think one of my favorite names of all time they had was a guy named Benji Thibodeau. I mean, that's about <laughs> as Cajun as it gets. He was a defensive lineman for him back maybe in the seventies. But Benji Thibodeau, I always loved that. I guess name. he was coached by. Uh, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Mack, Charlie, yeah. Mack. <laughs> Charlie McClendon. McClendon. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. And uh, we had uh, Dale Brown on here, who was a basketball coach. He was Shaquille O'Neal's coach at that school. Oh yeah, legendary coach. And I'm sure, yeah, they haven't gotten to that part yet. Uh, it was just part one of the uh, SEC uh, Network and documentary about. Yeah, but yeah. Well, they've only had part one. Uh, the next one's on Monday. Part two, and it was uh, focused mostly on Adolph Rupp because uh, the beginning of the SEC, he was right there at the beginning of it all. It's interesting how he didn't think much about Kentucky. It wasn't known for for anything back then, and he <laughs> sort of took it and built it into what it became. Oh, he did. He did. 
682-1430. That's the number if you haven't won in the last six months. Coach Joe, you've got a sports quiz too. Let's make it really easy. We haven't gotten a call on this. So go ahead and, and throw nothing. Now this is a hanging curveball. Wait a minute. We got somebody. We got somebody. We'll save that other one for next yeah. week then. <laughs> yeah. They're hungry. They're thirsty. I knew it. I knew we had to have somebody that was hungry and thirsty out there. Yeah, and I think we gave enough hints that even yeah. somebody who might not be super familiar with the uh, comings and goings of uh, Pistol Pete Maravich, who played for the Utah Jazz, by the way. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Ended with the Celtics, I think. He did. Yeah. At the very All end. right. Bob, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks. You hungry and thirsty? I certainly am. All right. Do you know where Pete Maravich played his college basketball? Well, yeah. And you, um, LSU. That's right. But one guy you haven't mentioned, I don't think you've mentioned him yet, but I haven't been listening, is Billy Cannon. Yes, that's right. Billy Cannon was the first Heisman Trophy winner from back in the like 57 or something like that. I think in 58. Okay. Well, we didn't want to get make it too obvious. We yeah, say Billy Cannon. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Who later, you know, he became a dentist and later went to jail for counterfeiting. That's, man, you're as old as I am, I guess, man. That's great. Yeah. Billy Cannon's yeah, midnight run, an 89-yard punt return against Ole Miss. They beat Ole Miss 7-3, to and I, I think that was in 58, I think. But they won the national championship in 57, I believe. No, wait a minute. That was Auburn. 58, I guess they won the national championship. And then they didn't win it again until uh, a, the Nick Saban team of 03. Yeah, yeah. right. And uh, By the way, their only loss, uh, I was at that game. The Gators beat them. Yeah, well, 19 to 12 or something, yeah, wasn't it? I yeah, was there something too. like that. A very young Chris Leak yeah. put on a show. Hey, uh, Bob, do you remember who Pete Maravich's college coach was? Yeah, an old man. Yeah, press his old man. Yeah. His old man, exactly. Yeah. They yeah. said that when he was a kid, that Press Maravich would drive the car home and Pete would dribble out of the car on the way home. He would drive slowly <laughs> enough for him to dribble. I tell you, if you want to treat, watch some of the videos of the drills that he did. The guy was amazing. Really amazing. A wizard with the basketball. Bob, congratulations. Thanks for listening. Hang on the line. Eric will get your information, your wallet. And um, so <laughs> just cut it out, Ronnie. Cut Social it security out. number. Cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> Date of birth. Uh, mother's maiden name. Congratulations. <laughs> Don't let Bob. him fool you, Bob. <laughs> All right. Ronnie on Coach Show. Man, we've had a lot of fun. This hour's gone by fast. Oh, it's over? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm well, telling you, you. Oh, Eric is flashing that finger at us. Yeah, <laughs> he is. I mean, he's no, always the, giving us the <laughs> finger in there. You know, just uh, you just never know which one he's going to give us. It's like, you know, he's a he's a taskmaster. You know, he's a slave driver. <laughs> the guy's just unbelievable. We'll be back next week. Have another show for you. Hopefully, as good as this one.